The Everyman Podcast. Everyman. Big dog, Daryl Campbell. How are you, my brother? I'm with my bro in a cosmic canoe, getting funky. I love it. Another week, another pod. Blessed and highly favored. We're here, and we're here together for this beautiful Wednesday edition of The Everyman Podcast. And I'll tell you what, brother. We got a guest on today that, I'm just going to say it. I fucking love this dude. Dude, love him. Straight up. All of them. And uh, this is a guy that I met, and I'm like this. And I talk, I, I talk about it, and sometimes, I don't know if it sounds like it's, it's made up nonsense, but I really yeah. do just talk to people in the real world and then end up on these 10-year relationships with them. I just <laughs> met, happened to bump into Nick Cutler in a bar at a WrestleMania party in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Six years ago, yep, nearly, and just we just hit it off, and and we've stayed in touch, and and as he's gone on his professional wrestling career and his journey, you know, Extractus would step in, and, and we did some music for him, and you know, once we had the podcast started here in the Everyman Podcast, he was one of our first guests on this show, fourth guest on the show, our yeah. fourth episode, yeah, and you know, he's he's a guy that you know has always supported me and what I'm doing and I've always supported him and what he's doing because we we get each other's energy and we we just we get what each other's about and yeah, that's dude. like me and you Daryl we get what each other's going for and what each other's about and that's why we support each other the way we do and and that's really the the key for for the cosmic canoe and and everything pushing forward the way it does for us here dude to be as connected as you are originally with Nick and then, you know, bringing me in and, and we're all in the cosmic canoe together, 120 episodes later. And we hop in this thing and it's like, we picked up from way back when that's when, you know, you got real, fin- real friends yep. and on the journey with you and, and just kind of, you know, just the right party to be around, man. Like, and, and Nick is, is every bit indicative of that. So this is, this is cool. And, and Nick is a guy that he's, he's, he's hard to nail down into one box because he does so many things and he's so unique and has, has his own way. And some people say they don't, they just, they say it how it is. Nick truly says it how he oh, feels. Dude. And he's, he's like so bluntly honest with you. And I love that about him. And I've had a hard time, you know, trying to get a schedule together sometimes with, with, with the Everyman podcast when we have guests that we want to bring back on because, you know, something else pops up and then somebody mm-hmm, comes mm-hmm. in this week and this week, next thing you know, it's six months later. And, and Nick is, is kind of one of those guys that falls in that category where we kept trying to get something on the schedule mm-hmm. and then, you know, COVID, this, that, whatever. So a couple months ago, reached out, said, hey, come on back. Let's, let's finally do this. And, and we finally nailed it down this week. And Nick is a guy who's again, he's a professional wrestler. He talks about his his experience at a at a WWE tryout at the, the NXT Performance Center, which is a huge deal. World class well, athletes. Yeah. Then he you know, we're talking about his his transition into bodybuilding. And then by, by the way, we're doing this while the man's on a on a treadmill. Treadmill. Doing the whole time. Treadmill to And then the he hops sauna, in the sauna, the you know, dudes. crashes his phone because of the heat in the sauna. We had to edit that out. But I'll tell you what. The man is dedicated. He is an absolute everyman in every sense of the word. Yeah. Um, he gave us, you know, a promo code to check out for twenty percent off Gasparri Nutrition, which is going to be mm-hmm. in the show notes here. He's a professional wrestler. He's a bodybuilder. He's got an OnlyFans. He's the man. I just, yeah. I, I can't say it enough. Just I hope you, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast and make sure you check out the show notes. Any one of those things, whether you're looking for the OnlyFans, you're looking for the nutritional supplements, or you're you're just looking for his takes on pro wrestling in the world, uh, any one of those is going to be a good option for you. I guarantee oh, yeah. it. I guarantee it. And and with that being said, man, uh, let's let's kick it to our interview with Nick Cutler, the absolute answer. Let's go. Returning to the Everyman Podcast. One of our favorite guests, a gentleman who I, there's no better way to describe our relationship other than the Cosmic Canoe in, in, in just in, in practical form. Uh, he is a professional wrestler, a personal trainer, a professional bodybuilder. Yes. 
and a content creator. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Nick Cutler. What's up, my brother? You you are too kind. <laughs> oh, dude. Bad. I've been – I mean, look, man. We've been going back and forth for – it feels like a year – trying to line something up and we're both busy and things happen and you, you buy a house and you're moving these things mm-hmm. and you know, COVID this, that, and the third. Um, so, you know, you were one of our first guests here on the Everyman podcast. Pretty sure it's episode number four. And yes. uh, this is about 120 episodes later. So, um, you know, you're much leaner. Uh, I'm, I'm about as thick as I was then. Uh, I've got more Your beard, beard now. Your beard looks fantastic. Thank you. I oh, appreciate yeah. that. Thank Epic. you, sir. It just, this just happened. I just fell into it. Um, nice. So what's up, man? What's, what have you been – what has the last couple of years been like for you since we last left you when you were tearing it up on the indie scene? Yeah. Uh, things have changed a lot. Like I'm in, I'm in a lot different of a place uh, mentally – a lot different of a place career wise. Um, like you said, I bought a house. I have completely changed my goals and views in pro wrestling as far as what I do and do not want to do. I've started focusing more on a bodybuilding career in the fitness industry as opposed to before bodybuilding always seemed like a means to an end for me. I did it because. I wanted to be in shape for wrestling. And then when I was finally given the opportunity to go to a tryout at the performance center, I got the most strict I've ever been with a diet and training program. Now, and when, when you I say, my body did, when you I say the like, performance Whoa. center for, for, yeah. for the every man and every woman out there, mm-hmm. you know, obviously I'm a big <laughs> WWE fan. Daryl is passionate as well. We know what you mean when you say the performance center, but what is the performance center? The Performance Center is where WWE houses NXT, which is their developmental territory, which is where guys go to become TV ready. And then they can either stay down there, which is what they're doing with a lot of talent, because NXT has kind of become a brand in and of itself. Or once they become ready, they get called up to the main roster in WWE, which is Raw and SmackDown. But all of that takes place at the Performance Center all the training, all the tryouts. So long story short, WWE thought I was good enough to spend thousands of dollars on me to fly me to Orlando for three days, put me up in a four-star hotel, feed me, and see what I can do. And in getting ready for that, like I said, I I had never in my life been more strict with my diet. I had never in my life been more strict with my training. I never in my life been more strict with my supplementation. So, <laughs> wink, wink. When I'm, I'm looking at my body and what it's doing, and I'm like, holy shit, you could be a bodybuilder. So, for giggles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I for, love for, that. For giggles, I, I entered a bodybuilding competition for 2020, which is the worst year I could have ever decided to freaking enter my first bodybuilding contest. So... <laughs> But I did well, and so I was like, well, I, I kind of enjoyed this more. I wouldn't say more than wrestling, but I definitely, when I went to when I went to the bodybuilding competition, I haven't felt that way since my first days in pro wrestling, where I went to my first indie shows and I was in the locker room for the first few times, and I had these butterflies and I had this excitement. And don't get me wrong, I still feel that way to an extent, but it's a lot more mild as opposed to when I was at this bodybuilding competition, I had goosebumps the whole weekend. And I'm just looking around, walking through the hallways at this hotel and convention center, just thinking like, man, I, this is definitely something I want to continue to do. Mm-hmm. So Now, for everybody just listening to this right now, I want to make note that this is the first ever episode of the Everman podcast being conducted while our guest is is actively exercising on a treadmill. Maybe getting that hit in. He really is. And and I, I call I call attention to that because one, your cardio must be super strong because you can't even tell. No, uh, not even. But two, it that, that's that's the dedication that you're talking about and and if people, you know, you think, oh, everybody says they work hard. Everybody says they, they're dedicated. That's 
you know, an example of, of that dedication that we, that we are all pushing towards every day, you know, is, is like getting it done. Even when you have a podcast to do, or, you know, you, you, you gotta cram it in one way or the other. Exactly. Well, you, again, you, everybody has time. Like I, I hate the, when, uh, people will come to me about training or I'm doing a consultation with a prospective client and I'm asking them what they're currently doing. And that's one of the phrases that comes up more often than not. It's one of the phrases that pisses me off most in life is when I hear people say, Oh, I don't have time. And my, I just want to be like, when was the last time you missed the episode of your favorite show? Right. Probably haven't missed it in a few weeks. Right. So how about this week you TiVo it, and instead of sitting your ass on the couch for an hour, you go to the gym. You make time for what's important to you. So don't say that you don't have time. Say that it's not a priority. And this is a priority for me. So if I'm in a situation where you guys graciously want to highlight me on your show, I'm not going to say, no, sorry, I can't. I have to do 50 minutes of cardio because I'm currently doing 80 minutes of cardio a day. Cause I'm eight weeks out from a competition. No, I'm going to be like, all right, yeah, I can do it. As long as you guys don't care that I'm walking on a treadmill the whole time. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. I, and you know, because and you know, I'm about it. What's important to me. Yeah. So, so I mean, obviously that's, that's the truth right there, brother. But I want to talk more about, about this WWE experience. So you had reached out to me, you know, and said, Hey, this is on my radar. This is what's up. And I told you how, how excited and proud I was for you. Cause I know, you know, I know where you've been. I know the road you're on. And, and as a musician who was, who was chasing that dream as well, I can, I can empathize with you greatly. Um, so for me watching you go and do that, it was like, a I was living vicariously in a way through you and through your experience. And I've been looking forward to, to hearing about it. And one of the things that Daryl and I, and this is as I've gotten older, you know, and more um, aware of the kind of behind the scenes of professional wrestling. I just become amazed with the athleticism and like the the practical skills that are involved in going in there and doing that. And you know, Daryl from being you know in an NFL background, I'll send him clips of stuff sometimes, and it's just like, God damn, that's now that's crazy. And this is coming from a guy who would just line up in front of other dudes equally or larger than oh, yeah. and just smash into them. Like that's their idea of, of a, of a, of a job, you know? Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's like pro wrestling, I think. And recently in the last couple of years, I think it's been getting more mainstream than ever. And more and more people are watching WWE now than ever before. And on all these digital platforms, but they don't just invite anybody there for, for any reason. Like I imagine it like that, kind of like the X-Men or something like you're looking around and there's like the, the nine foot tall guy and the girl that can bench press a thousand pounds. And like, was it like that? (laughs) Um, so I'm looking around and okay. So to put things in perspective in my car, um, because they put me in charge of the car where, because it pretty much, they would get groups of four people. And so they reached out to me beforehand and they said, Hey, we're putting the rental car in your name. So you're going to be in charge of getting yourself and your group to the performance center and to the hotel. So I said, okay, in my car was another indie wrestler. Okay, cool. Whatever. And Olympic gold medalist track star and miss Henriel Howard, who just got signed just a few months ago, who is a former WNBA basketball player. Nice. That was in my car, just my car. Good Lord. <laughs> and then we get to the building and I'm not sure if you ever caught the list because I was watching for it like on our lunches during the workouts to see if the list had gotten released to the press yet about who was down there. Oh yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. The press I mean, release. While I was down there, I'm working out with Steven Seagal's daughter. I'm working out with a former MMA uh, female fighter. I got to ask you a question with... real quick. I got to I got to jump in because Daryl and I are really. And when I tell you, dude, I'm not kidding you. We are humongous Steven Seagal fans. Humongous. What 
is his daughter like? What was she? Okay, what is her? So what's is she a keto expert? An keto expert? It's, it's, like, it's really weird me saying this, but I am like really tight with Steven Seagal's daughter now. She's cool as shit. Oh, he that's so awesome. Usually at least once or twice a week. Um, but yeah, she's, and I was a huge Steven Seagal fan too. So to put this into perspective, like that blows story, my mind. Notice, notice Dude, I said I Cosmic was oh, oh, don't, don't, don't break my heart. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I won't break your heart. So I won't tell you the story. But, no, tell uh, us the story. Tell, tell us the story. story. Okay. Do it. Tell us. You got, you got to so, tell us the story now. I, the first day of the tryout, it, we're on lunch from our first uh, morning workout, and I'm scrolling through, and I'm seeing the list, and I see Arissa LeBrock, the daughter of Kelly LeBrock and Steven Seagal. And I'm like, <laughs> Steven Seagal's daughter is at this tryout? So <laughs> when we get back to the building, I find her, and I go up to her, and I'm like, you're Steven Seagal's daughter? She gets. She, I bet she gets that a lot. She goes, "Oh, so that got out." Mm. And you know, I go into straight fanboy mode, and I'm like, "I got to tell you, I love your dad." Like, and not <laughs> just like his '80 movies either. Like, even his current shitty direct to DVD oh, movies. Yeah. Oh For yeah. Some oh reason, yeah. I just cannot get enough of them. Yeah. And she looks at me and she goes, "Thank you." I'm glad he brings you joy. Um, <laughs> I haven't girl. talked to him in almost two years. Oh, God. Oh, he no. never really around a whole lot when I was growing uh, up. Damn. But all I've had to hear my entire life is, hey, you're Steven Seagal's daughter. Uh, and I'm like. He rules. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, so I, I, I got to try to recover from this because that's who I am. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm that positive person. So I'm like, yeah, but. Now you're down here. And so we're going to fucking do fantastic. And we're both going to fucking get signed. And then people are going to go up to your dad and say, Hey, aren't you Arissa LeBrock's dad? Not the other way around. Nice. Looks at me and goes, yeah. And then maybe he'll finally be proud of me. Oh, oh, God. Come on. Bring it in here, girl. Bring it in here. We like have this hug. Like, I'm hugging Steven Seagal's daughter for, like, five minutes at this point. Oh, God. Just, like, just a moment. And then I get home, and I'm looking at my tape case, and I'm like, I don't want to watch this dickhead anymore. Becoming friends with this daughter. Oh, man. I can't watch this shit. God. (laughs) Man. Dude. Kind of ruined him for me. Damn. Well, you can separate the on-screen talent in your mind. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know? he's still, he's still I haven't, awesome. I have tried watching him, and I'm sure. That have you I seen could, the one with uh, in the back of my mind? I'm like, have you seen fuck, that man. sniper movie with Rob Van Dam? I have not, dude. It's the last terrific. Seagal movie that I saw was that one he came out with uh, with Stone Cold Steve Austin. That was great too. Yeah, yes. the one where they're in prison and he's like yes. kind of playing like a Latino guy. Yeah, I loved it. Loved that one. <laughs> Um, so you're, you're kind of, you you get to the performance center now as a longtime fan, you're looking around, you're like, okay, I got an Olympic gold medalist in my car. By the way, what kind of rental car they get you? They hit you with the intermediate, like the Jetta. Yeah. I don't even what, remember what the hell it was. Malibu. Probably- I just remember thinking to myself, why did they give me this responsibility? Because in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to fuck this up and not get signed because I dented the fucking rental car. And And you hear all the stories like, and you know, I, I know I listen, I'm from an outside perspective, obviously, but listening to all the podcasts and interviews, you hear all these, the, the tall tales of like how everything's like a test and a challenge and and people are mind fucking you. And in a lot of ways, it sounds like it's similar to the NFL. When I'm picking up the car, they're like, do you want the, the, they have like the toll pass thing. Right, 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 so right. Like yeah. You can either pay for your tolls online or for an extra $40, you can just have all the tolls prepaid. So whatever tolls you use will just be prepaid from this $40 that you right. put on the account. And just like instinctually in my mind, I'm just like, yeah, let's just do the prepaid thing. So I don't got to worry about it. And they're like, okay, no problem. 
and they add that on. And then I walk away from the counter and I'm like, oh, fuck, this is getting billed to them. So they're yeah, going to get So I have $40 on me? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, like, I'm not going to get signed because I charged them an extra 40 bucks. <laughs> oh, man, you should be so lucky that that would be the, the one that comes down to like, well, you know, the offer's on the table, but you went you, you for had it. To get the, you had to go for the charge. Yeah. To mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you returned it and you returned it without a full tank. Dude, um, Nick, what incline are you on right now? <laughs> they did tell me that WWE made it a point to say that I had to pay for my own gas. Like, it wasn't a situation where, like, pay for what you do, but, like, <laughs> right, they have right. noted on here that you have to return for a full tank. So then once they told me that in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, if the toll thing was really that big of a deal, they wouldn't have given me the option to do that because they didn't give me the option for the gas. So that's how I talked myself down. So. That's good. Uh, hey, Nick, I got to ask you a question, man. Yeah. What incline and speed are you on right now? Because you look like you're scaling Everest right I'm, now. I'm, I'm, this is actually pretty easy for me right now. I'm oh, God. I'm a half degree incline and a two and a half degree speed. Okay. Normally, I do a 2.8 and I just jack it all the way up to 15. Yeah. But, but also, usually I'm just watching the WWE network while I'm walking. Yeah. So talking while I'm walking and kind of moving around, I'm I'm, I'm sweating just as yeah, much. I was going to say, it's probably giving oh, you a little yeah. bit of a pump. Exactly. I Get love it. Pump. So what was, I mean, what was the most impressive, you know, thing about that performance center experience for you? Was it the, was it the other athletes? Was it the, just the being caught up in the whole aura of it? Honestly, man, and I know I'm going to sound egotistical saying this, but it was my own fucking performance because when I'm looking around at who I'm there with and I'm keeping up with them. It really solidified in my own mind how fucking good I actually am. Because when I'm there with professional athletes and collegiate stars and and Hollywood stuntmen and the fucking douchebag that's dating JWoww from Jersey Shore, when I'm there (laughs) with all these people... Zach's a good guy. Zach really is a good guy. I just call him a douchebag as fucking he's dating JWoww and I'm not. But um, <laughs> when I'm there with all these people and I'm not only keeping up with them, but I'm outperforming a lot of them in a lot of cases, in my own mind, it's like, okay, so even if I don't get signed, I still know that I'm the shit. So Right, yeah. you proved you it to yourself. And, you know, it's, it's funny. I was, you know, obviously WrestleMania season – come and gone and uh watching like somebody like bianca belair and you see her and obviously again who am i to uh be a judge judging anybody's fitness but there's a a very clear difference in her athleticism and just about any other female wwe athlete right now and then you look into what is her background and it's like oh she's an all-american Olympiad almost like she was a, a hurdler and a long jumper and a broad jumper. She like has every record in women's field and, you know, mm-hmm. field sports, like in the state of Georgia, like she's, she's a one of a kind special athlete that mm-hmm. also is a great entertainer. And, Absolutely. and it's, and it's like you said, it's, it's one thing to be, you know, you know, from small town and, and you get on the indie scene and you're, and you're kind of comparing your shit to other people and, okay, I can hang here. And then you throw yourself in it with the absolute best of the best. And it's like, even if it doesn't, if it's not your time or your moment, or it's not the right opportunity for you. Um, you know that you're world-class in your own right at what you do. Absolutely. Yep. And you want to know, like you talk about Bianca Belair, but again, I bring up Henriel Howard. I don't know if you guys saw it when she got signed. Yeah. I saw you post about that. Yep. She is going to be, in the same class as Bianca Bella because when she, <laughs> the, the first day that we were there, uh, we opened up the seminar with promos. And I remember what I did was I printed out all my denial emails and I read them all out loud. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, these didn't age well, did they? Because <laughs> here I am. You guys told me no how many times. And yet here I am, still a thorn in your ass. 
I didn't say it. I said that in so many words, but uh, Lashes, that's what we call it. That's her nickname. Anriel is her actual name. But she gets up there, and she seemed so timid and so reserved. And then out of fucking nowhere, she just does this little thing and cuts one of the best freaking promos that I have heard coming from somebody that's not in the pro wrestling business. And then you take into account that she's five foot ten. You take into account that she has this raw athleticism from being in the WNBA. She's going to be amazing. Mark my freaking words. I believe it. And nice. You know, Daryl is has. We've talked about it before. How many NFL athletes make the jump over? And uh, you know, maybe if I had gotten in Daryl's ear maybe four years ago, you might be looking <laughs> at the next. You know. Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar pairing right here, but um, some of these some of these uh, athletes that the WWE recruits now, it's it, pro wrestling has completely changed in the last. I mean, in my lifetime, since watching you know twenty something years ago, Kurt Angle and you know Eddie Guerrero and all those guys at that era uh, to now, it's like, and then it's even kind of laughable when you look at some of the bodies of the guys like in the seventies and early eighties. Oh yeah, they were just like dads, you know. They're yeah. just fucking dudes, <laughs> just big dudes. They didn't know what a fucking carb or calorie was. Right, they, they were just, just smoking dude. cigarettes they ate and, until they were full. They drank beer and they lifted weights. Yeah, and it's like they you hear stories about Ron Simmons just like he would do one rep of. 400 pounds on a bench press and be like, all right. And he was in his jeans and his cowboy boots. And it's like, all right, I'm good. Yeah. You know, it's just like crazy country, strong men. Yeah, dude. Um, barn strength. So, you know, the, the tryout comes and goes and, you know, obviously it's not your opportunity. It's not your time there. How did you handle taking that? How, how was that then for you? And how is it for you now looking at it in the, in the rear view? So my reaction to everything really, when I say my reaction, I mean my mentality towards working for WWE kind of started to morph immediately after I left. So the first thing that happens is I land, I, I land in Chicago and my wife picks me up and we drive home and I walk into the door and my daughter runs over to me and you know, she says, Daddy, you're back. And she jumps in my arms and gives me a hug. And she does not let me go for a good half hour, 45 minutes. She won't let me put her down because she missed me so much. And I was gone for three days. Well, two and a half. And so in my mind, I'm like, man, like I was gone for two days and this I wouldn't say that she was traumatized because it wasn't like she was crying or anything like that. It had an effect. Yeah, but it had an, had an effect. effect on her, me being gone that long. And then you fast forward a few months, COVID's kind of hitting the mainstream. Around March or April is when they was when I got the email that they did not have anything for me on a full-time basis at that point. Um, I almost kind of saw it coming. Uh, because I was pulled to the side by uh, William Regal before I even left. And he's just like, look, I need to tell you that we see you. Like, don't think that I don't notice that you have completely changed your physique. Don't think that I don't notice that anytime I've ever told you to do something, you've done it and you've done it well. Don't think that I don't notice those things. We like you, but we are in a position right now where if we're going to sign you, especially with you being, I was 31 at the time, getting ready to turn 32, especially with being 31 years old, we're going to want to make money off of you right off the bat. So you need to get some national TV exposure someplace else. That's pretty much what he said. So Ring of Honor, AEW, Impact, whatever that may be, get some national exposure elsewhere so you can be more valuable to us right off the bat if we were to hire you. So that in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, 
that's that. Before I even got the email, I had pretty much already accepted in my mind that it wasn't going to happen. And then COVID comes, and in my mind, I'm like, well, thank God it didn't happen because right after COVID happened, they fired, what, yeah. 30, 40 people. So me being the new kid on the block, how would that would fucking look? So I moved down there, and I freaking get a lease at an apartment in Orlando for myself and my wife and three kids and two dogs and a cat. And then they fire me and I'm stuck with no damn job. Right. In yeah. Florida. Kind of, kind in in Florida, Florida. Right. So kind of a blessing in disguise that it didn't happen. And so then my work changes permanently to a work from home status. So my full-time job, um, full-time office job that I had, I'm doing it all from home. So I am home all day, every day outside of when I'm here at the gym, which means when my daughter wants me, she gets me. So if she needs something, I'm there. And then at one point in time, I went to leave for the gym and she asked me where I was going. I told her I had to go to the gym and she just started crying. She didn't want me to go. And obviously I'm, I'm still going to go to the gym. My daughter crying isn't going to stop me, but I felt guilty as shit for leaving to go to the gym for three hours. So if I'm going to feel guilty leaving to go to the gym for three hours, how the hell am I going to leave for four or five days at a time missing crucial moments of her life and not feel guilty about it? Yeah, like you're going to go to Saudi Arabia for oh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. Right. So I had pretty much made the decision right then and there that I didn't necessarily not want to work for WWE. I'm not necessarily saying that I wouldn't work for WWE, but in my mind, that is no longer my priority at all. So I said in a post the other day, um, I posted something about all the releases in NXT and someone had commented on the status and said, well, when are we going to see Nick Cutler in NXT? And my response was, I have absolutely no desire to work down there. I would rather be a full-time dad and a part-time wrestler. That's awesome, so. man. Facts. Well, that's, Big you know, it's, it's funny. You, you, you chase something for a long time. You get a taste of it, and you're like, oh, wait, you know what? That's not exactly the thing that I realized I wanted. It's actually this well, thing I already have over here. And funny because you know. I always told everybody and I always told myself, all I need is to go to the performance center. Get me down to the performance center and let me do this tryout. And that's all I need. Like, I'll show you what, like that, in my mind, my life was going to change once I got this. And it did. It just didn't change the way that I thought it was going to. In my mind, I was going to finally go down there and I was going to get myself signed and I was going to go to NXT and I was going to show the fucking world that I'm one of the best at what I do. And what actually happened was I did prove that I'm one of the best at what I do, but I don't want to do it there. I want to do it here because here I can charge the money that I want, work where I want, and make sure that I'm at home at night to tuck my daughter in. So that's become more of my priority as opposed to fame and fortune living five days a week on the road for WWE. Yeah. Making, yeah. Wow, man. Yeah. It's, it's funny how, uh, how that journey, you know, unfolds. So you pivoted, you're still, you're still wrestling, you're still working and obviously yeah. things come up, hopefully you make it out this way. Um, you know, one way or another, I'm sure I know some local Philadelphia area shows are starting to reschedule. Um, mm -hmm. It'd be great to see you, see you perform. Um, or even bodybuilding. If you make your way out here. Yeah, dude. So you get into bodybuilding. You're like, damn to catch everybody up. Damn. I look good. I can do this. I got the, I got the, the mental capacity for it. The, the determination has bodybuilding changed how you look at, your normal day-to-day -day in a big way you know like has because i was i'm actually very fascinated by bodybuilding you know 
pumping iron back back when I was in high school seeing that and then generation iron a couple years ago they they put that out mm-hmm. with some of the, the more recent guys and you know I got really into that whole world and and learning about it because it, it again it's something relatable to me it's like dedicating yourself to a really really particular thing that there's not a huge market for on the off chance that you're going to be part of that one percent of the one percent to break through and, and be phil heath or you know kai yeah. green or ronnie coleman you know yeah. um and again if there's anyone i believe in it's nick cutler to to be that one percent of the one percent mm-hmm. but that's another thing that's like you look at it and you're like man that's a that's a tall mountain to climb and i love that about you that you you take these big goals in mind but and in order to to achieve those goals it's a very self-focused endeavor you've got to be diligent about your food and and the food has to come first and i remember watching generation iron kai green was saying something about if i don't eat this broccoli right now and give myself the best workout 90 minutes from now then tomorrow i'm not going to sleep well and then it's going to mess up my workout and it's going to send a ripple all the way through to me not miss winning mr olympia mm-hmm. and it's like it makes you sound like a crazy person but you can really apply that to your to your life even if you're not a bodybuilder or a professional wrestler. Um, so how has that kind of affected your view of your life and how you get, get through your day? Well, first let me, let me start off by saying that I have no fucking illusions about what I can and can't do in bodybuilding. I don't have the genetics to be Mr. Fucking Olympia. Um, that's just, I don't have the genetics to be Mr. Olympia and I'm not willing to do the drugs and eat the food and put my body through the physical stress to put on over a hundred pounds of muscle tissue at 33 years old. Not good for your health. But, nope. But what I do know is that I have the build and the genetics to take this as far as I can, which would be more than what an everyday Joe could. Um, right now my goals are, small well i wouldn't say small they're tall but they're very very realistic uh my goal for this year my goal last year was to freaking compete because my uh, a typical bodybuilding prep will last four months 16 weeks and because of shows getting canceled and shows getting delayed and whatever the case may be my four month bodybuilding prep turned into 10 months Mm. last year so instead of being on PEDs for four months at a time, I'm on PEDs for 10 months at a time. Instead of dieting for four months and then living a balanced life of mostly good foods and indulging every once in a while, I'm strictly dieting for 10 months. And my training and my cardio and everything was centered around a show that kept getting moved. And so mentally and physically, it just it didn't break me, but there was there were moments last year where I was more scared for my mental and physical health than I've ever been. But this year, coming clean and starting fresh and knowing that, okay, this show is happening and this is when my prep is starting and I know it's not going to get canceled because of a pandemic. My goal is to qualify for nationals. I'm not sure how much you guys follow bodybuilding. Pretty much the way that you become a professional bodybuilder is you enter a regional show that is what's called a national qualifier, which means that if you win the open category in your weight class, actually this year, I don't even think it's if you win, if you place the top two, you qualify for what's called a national level competition, which there's only two of them a year. If you go to nationals and you win your weight class at a national level competition, you are officially a professional bodybuilder. And at that point you can enter professional shows for cash money, as opposed to just competing for a plastic trophy. Now, do I have goals of making a shit ton of money in bodybuilding? No. My goals are to win a national level competition, go qualify for a national level competition, go on, win a national level competition to earn my IFBB pro bodybuilding card 
and then put on my personal training business card, mm-hmm. IFBB Pro Bodybuilder. Because when people see that, that's, a, that's the money right yeah. there. There's that's your it the right money. there. Yeah. yeah. If I can put IFBB Pro Bodybuilder on my business card, that will exponentially increase my income just from having that on my business card. So, <laughs> in all honesty, I will compete if I win my pro card because that's just who I am. I need something to focus on and to dig my teeth into. But the only reason why I want to win my pro card is to put it on my business card. Not because I think, Hey, if I win my pro card, I can win a bunch of shows and make all this money and become famous as a bodybuilder. No, that's not what I want. What I want is the prestige of being able to even have that name on a business card while still continuing to do everything else that I'm doing. Brilliant. Yeah. I love it. Love it. Love love that plan. I got a question about the training though. So you're still doing, you know, wrestling as well, right? Like Mm -hmm. does the bodybuilding training enhance the wrestling or is it different training for wrestling as opposed to like, how do you get that functional part of it that I know you have to have for wrestling with where I've had to make changes is with wrestling, I had to keep a certain physical look. You know, I'm wearing, for the for all intents and purposes, spandex underwear in front of hundreds of thousands of people, so I wanted to maintain a certain appearance. Right. But for bodybuilding and what everybody knows is the off-season, I gain weight for the intents of being able to be stronger, to train harder, and to put on more muscle tissue, which cultivate that mass which skews how i look in trunks so really honestly one of the biggest changes that i had to make was i got a freaking singlet made (laughs) because (laughs) in my off season i still have a big ass chest and big ass shoulders and big ass arms but i got that little bit of budge that comes over my freaking abs now so i got a singlet made that comes up just high enough to keep my pudge from rolling over yeah. But everything else still looks solid. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's really the biggest change is that I have to allow myself to gain more weight than I normally would have right. with wrestling. But I resolved it by buying a freaking singlet. It still and doesn't. I bought the singlet, and I'm like, damn, you look good in this singlet. So even when I do get abs, I'll probably still wear the singlet. I saw the put. It's yeah, man. You're killing it. What's the difference, like, like your functional weight for for wrestling as opposed to? The bodybuilding, like, is it is it like that much of a difference, or as you far know, as what? Like when you like you say you have to put on a, a little bit more weight when you're bodybuilding, mm-hmm. as opposed to wrestling. Like how much more? So when I before I was focused on bodybuilding, the most that I would typically weigh would be 195 to 200 pounds. Um my maximum off season weight before I started downsizing for my competition that's coming up in July, mm-hmm. I was 235 pounds. Okay. I got you. So roughly a 30 pound difference. And it's, it's all muscle though. Like that's no, yeah. absolutely not. Um, <laughs> a good portion of it is water. <laughs> a good portion of it is glycogen. Um, I would say probably so I competed at 180 pounds last year. My guess would be I probably put on a good five or six pounds of solid muscle tissue, and the rest of it was water and glycogen. So I'll probably compete at, you know, 185 pounds this year. So bodybuilding is definitely 30 steps forward, uh, 25 steps back. Well, even like Phil Heath, I think he only gained like – I don't know. It's it's nothing crazy. It's it, yeah. I don't think it's twenty pounds over the course of his career. Like he didn't. It's it's not an insane amount of weight no. that they can get mm-hmm. to once they get to a certain point because they're they're kind of locked in. And he's he's one that it's bananas when it comes to genetics because it's like he was like a collegiate basketball player, like a shooting guard, just like mm-hmm. like a dude, and then he became yeah. just like. Almost 300 pound looking. A genetic freak. Free. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. A and, lot of people you know, don't understand enhanced, that. Because like you don't see bodybuilders and how they look in their off season a lot of times. You know, Jay Cutler, who's my favorite bodybuilder, he competed at typically 265 
I think the most he ever competed at when he was in the Olympia was 275 pounds, but he was over 300 pounds in his off season. I'm sure. Yeah. So, and that's a guy that's five foot six. So I'm five foot eight, God. and I was 235 pounds. Jacked. Pounds, so. <laughs> just like a, just like a yeah, fucking yeah. a barrel. That's awesome. Jacked. I love it. I love it's it. It's awesome. So you're you're eight weeks out from a show. What's the show that you're competing in in eight weeks? It's called the uh, Chicago Extravaganza. However, it is taking place in Atlanta. Mm. All right. Because, um, that was another one of the hurdles that I had to overcome last year. Was I had signed up for the show? I had already paid my registration. The show was supposed to be in Chicago, but Illinois was so slow with opening up. Yeah. They wouldn't have been able to charge for admission to the show if they would have had it in Illinois. So they moved it to Atlanta. I'm wanting to say six weeks before the show. So I really had no choice but still do it. Yeah. So we went to Atlanta. We did the show. Um, I, I like the promoter of this show, and I like his production. And he's, he's an Olympia judge. So I like doing his shows because I know that it's, there's going to be quality judges there that I can get good feedback from, so on and so forth. So when I was planning for this year, I'm like, okay, I want to do his show again. And he announced it for Chicago in July. I pay for my registration. Again, it gets moved to Atlanta because mm. they just they can't. Here's the thing. They can't take that. Like you said, bodybuilding is a very niche thing. So if you ever look at ticket prices for admission into a bodybuilding show, they're not cheap. Right. Because they, they gotta, need to be able to make this money back. Yeah. Right. And I mean, don't get me wrong. It's usually like a weekend pass. Too. pay registration to enter the show anyway. But part, a huge part of how they make their money back is the ticket sales. Yeah. yeah. So they can't take the chance of not being able to sell admission or not being able to sell 100% admission. So with Georgia already being pretty much completely wide open, they just made the safe call to move it to Atlanta again. So going to Atlanta. Hey man, there you go. At least it's an, it's a big uh, airport hub, so it shouldn't be too hard to get there. Yeah. Um, that's, that's great, man. We're, we're going to have to keep an eye out on the Chicago extravaganza in Atlanta. Uh, we'll definitely update the every man and the every woman on that. When we see yeah. the results. Um, all right. Now, as I said, you're a man of many hats, many, oh, yeah. many, and every man, if you will. You do a lot. You, you, you do the wrestling. You do the bodybuilding. You do the training. Now, I alluded to you're a content creator. Now, a couple months ago, I see, I now, full disclosure, I don't keep Facebook on my phone anymore. I just, I just got off of it because it was... Too many people's opinions that I realized I don't need to see all the time. You know, the people whose opinions I, I seek them out. I'll actually call them and say, hey, what do you think about so-and-so that's going on? And, and I'll get the opinions. This crazy concept that uh, I urge everyone to try is just only get the people's feedback you want. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I just logged in one day to, I don't know, somebody who's like, hey, I sent you something on here. And, and I scroll through a post and I see... Nick Cutler, something about, hey, blah, 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 my OnlyFans. And I immediately sent you a message. I was like, wait a minute. Did I miss something? Is this real? And you're like, dude, fuck yeah. And I was like, this is the best. This is great. I'm so proud of you. Again, once again, I'm so proud of you, Nick Cutler. <laughs> so I tell Daryl about it. And we're always joking like, hey, when's when are we going to do, you know, the, the everyman OnlyFans? So, Mr. Cutler, tell me about your journey as he, as he pops his top and gives us a little flex of the pecs. Right. <laughs> there it is. There that's it, it is. That's it, that's Tell it. us how, how did this happen? And what is your experience like on OnlyFans so far? So I have been asked to make one. I, I, I can't even tell you how many times um, I'm a very big. Uh, uh, I have, I have a lot of fans in the, you have a following. A community in mm -hmm. pro wrestling. And do you guys play the video or just the audio? Uh, we're just going to use the audio this one, so don't worry. Okay, guys. I'm, yeah. I can't find the light to the stand. <laughs> I don't know how well you guys do But anyway, um, so I, I had people just beg me to start one in the first place. And, and my wife is telling me to do it, too. 
Um, and the cat, actually the catalyst to make me start it in the first place was me leaving my job at GNC because we had kept working during the pandemic and obviously I'm not making as much money in commission as I was before because it's, it's a freaking pandemic. So supplements are the last thing that people are buying, even though really that should be one of the priorities because mm-hmm. you know, how else are you going to defeat a freaking disease other than keeping yourself healthy? But that's beside the point. So I come to work one day and my boss tells me that they are eliminating our commission. <laughs> and that they are taking an average of what we made in commission over the last six months and giving us a raise based off of that to compensate us for that. And I'm like, nobody's made anything in the last six months. It's a freaking pandemic. Why don't they take the average of what I made in commission in six months at this time last year? And so long story short, the raise that they gave me was insulting and the money that I would have been making every two weeks wasn't even worth me driving to the store at that point. And so I told my boss I wasn't going to be able to do it. And she pretty much expected that from me. So then me being who I am as a person, I'm like, okay, I'm losing X amount of dollars a month now. So I need to figure out how to replace X amount of dollars now. And obviously I can sign more personal training clients, more online clientele, yada, yada, yada. But in the back of my mind, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing these, I wouldn't say hundreds, but dozens and dozens of men who are begging me to make an OnlyFans. And so I figure what the hell, I'll go ahead and I'll give it a try. So I make it and my first month, I made over $200 just from posting pictures and videos, literally things that take 20 seconds out of my day. And I'm making hundreds of dollars a month. Just a little bit of me for you. Sit, man. Just a little bit of me for me. Exactly. Um, Feel free to use that slogan too. You can use that if you want. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So at, at that point I was still living in the house that I was living in, paying a lot of money in rent. Um, hadn't, really turned things around financially yet, but now fast forward to today. So, so pretty much at this point I was hustling it. I was posting it on social media. I was trying to get subscribers. Um, I have a lot of gay friends who would add me to these private gay groups on Facebook. And I would post my link in these groups. Exactly. And literally I would post my link in these groups and I would get minimum, usually three to five new subscribers every time I would post it. And so I'm get, I'm garnering, you know, some, uh, building an audience. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Momentum. I'm building some momentum. I'm guarding, guarding an audience. And then I buy my house. I pay off all my debt. I turn everything around. I'm, I'm in a situation now where that money what isn't isn't really i mean i always need more money i always want more money but i it's almost second nature now so not second nature second fiddle so i'm really focused on my training obviously i'm focused on my day job wrestling bodybuilding um i signed with gaspari nutrition as one of their athletes and i believe March or April, one of the two. It was a couple months ago. Um, so I've really dug my heels into all of that. So I still have the OnlyFans. And I I honestly still make over $100 a month on it. And I don't even advertise it at this point. Um, really, I have it just because... I feel bad because some people signed up for like a year in advance. You better, you so. better start cranking out <laughs> that material. You better get a tripod, exactly. buddy. Like I, I, I owe it to these guys. Yeah. Like I would feel guilty if I canceled and just stopped doing it. Yeah. You owe them yeah. for a year in advance. So, um, but yeah, it's just, I kind of, it's a kind of a beautiful idea. Just like, you know what? I've found my porn needs for a year and for now, you know, like you just book it a year in advance. Like that is such a long-term commitment. I just yeah, respect Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I respect I it. Like, thank you. One of my friends actually subscribed to it and he's like, Hey man, I'm honored. I'm your first subscriber. He was one of the guys that was begging me to get one. He's an old pro wrestling fan. And, uh, 
he's just like, you're on auto renew, man. I'm not even, I don't even look at the bill. <laughs> you're going to get my money every month. And it was funny. He actually oh, man. messaged me at the beginning of last month. He goes, hey, man, I just want you to hear it from me. I've ran into some financial issues, so I'm cutting out all non-essential spending until I get everything taken care of. So I just wanted you to know that I had to cut my submit my my subscription after this month. Hope you're not upset, but I'm definitely going to pick it back up as soon as I can. I'm like, bro. Yeah, right. Bro, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Thank you. Absolutely fine. What a fan. Like, I am not that that cool, is a fan. That's, that's, yeah, that's real right there. What bro. a fan. <laughs> Right, man, so. that's incredible. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll send you this uh, this portion of the the video. You could probably use this as content, uh, you know, podcasting I know, right? from a sauna. I, actually saw, I have actually body bodybuilder podcasts from a sauna. That's the video title yeah. right there, and then I'm sure that'll get you know plenty of uh, plenty yeah. of traction. That'll make waves. So you're a man that's juggling. Well, normally, water. there's a light in here, and I can I can do the whole thing like this. Right <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to get that down lighting. Yeah, that's the that's mm-hmm. the key right there. It's hilt, baby. Now you're you're balancing many hats. You know, father, family man. You know, uh, entrepreneur in a, in a sense. You know, spokesman for for Gaspar Nutrition. Mm-hmm. By the way, if I'm looking for something to kick it up a notch, what would you recommend? Kick what up a notch? Just like uh, my workouts, you know. I want to. I want a little boot. You got any good recommendations for so your for like a pre workout? Well, you, for for the for you the line of uh, you know nutrition, guest bar nutrition. Well, when you're looking at kicking up your workouts, you would think of pre workout. So, which is just going to give you obviously caffeine for energy, mm-hmm. but then other nutrients to help boost your performance and your recovery. Beta alanine, which helps blunt the buildup of fatigue. Citrulline, which increases blood flow to get nutrients to your muscle tissue quicker to help balance your recovery, boost your strength, stuff like that. I use obviously Gaspari. Um, there's two different pre-workout formulas that we have. Um, we've got, uh, uh, super pump max, which is what I give to my women and what I give to my guys who are very caffeine sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, one scoop of it has 250 milligrams of caffeine. So roughly two and a half cups of coffee's worth of caffeine. Um, all the other ingredients are clinically dosed. I'll actually take two scoops of the max mm. uh, because I'm not caffeine sensitive, but I like the flavor variety. Yeah. Um, and then you bump it up and you got super pump aggression, mm. which is 400 milligrams of caffeine per scoop. So four cups Boom. of coffee. Um, plus all the other ingredients. Unfortunately, Super Pump Aggression only has three flavors that I like. So we're talking about Super Pump, super ag- pump. Ab- Aggression. Super Pump Aggression. aggression. Yes. Aggression now, if I wanted, our, if I wanted, product, if so. I wanted to get my hands on some Super Pump Aggression, because I, I'm a big fan of Nick Cutler, and I'm a big fan of aggressive pumps. Mm-hmm. How do I do that? Where can I get it? Gasparinutrition.com and then you use promo code NHarmon20 and that will get you 20% off. Show notes. That'll be in the show notes of this podcast. Uh, absolutely. And I will be ordering a little bit of the super pump aggression because I'm ready for it. I need um, it for my one arm snatches. Great. Oh, I'm a big grape fan. That's perfect for me. The grape and the mango are the two flavors of the aggression that I prefer. It's funny, mango. A New Jersey ice, which is almost like a lemon pop that I don't dislike, but it's not something that I would buy. I I got it for free. Are they Jersey-based? No, they're actually – well, Rich Gaspari is from Jersey, but the actual company is based out of Florida. okay. But Gaspari is from Jersey. Okay, that's cool. Right around. Are they all fruit fruit flavors or – you know, are there any like cookies and cream? Pre-workouts are or? all going to be fruit flavors. Okay. You're not going to get chocolate or anything like that unless you're getting a protein. Uh, the aggression flavors are fruit punch, New Jersey, Italian ice, grape, and mango. Okay. Cool. Hell yeah. And Nick, give us all of the best places to keep up with you. What's the best way if somebody wants to learn more about you or kind of keep up with you and your on your journey uh, in bodybuilding and pro wrestling? Where can they find you? 
I'm most active on my Facebook, but I really need to beef up my Instagram too. Um, funny story, Gaspari actually refused to hire me at first because they said that I didn't have enough Instagram followers. <laughs> um, and I stewed on that for like 20 minutes before sending a response back to them urging them to reconsider for the following reasons. And then I went on a Nick Cutler tangent about how I'm very good at what I do. And, um, they actually dug the response back <laughs> That's and awesome. said, all right, you know what, if you want this bad enough to have a retort ready to go for us, then let's go ahead and give this a shot. And, um, needless to say, I've been the top salesman two out of the three months that I've worked for them. So they are very happy with the fact that they reconsidered. There so, you go. but Instagram is absolute answer. Twitter is Cutler Coalition. Snapchat is N C U T L E R eight eight six nine. Merchandise is at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash Cutler Coalition. If you are one of them gents that wants to see my OnlyFans, uh, it's OnlyFans.com forward slash Absolute Answer. And Facebook, Nick Cutler. Um, just add the Nick Cutler that is in spandex in his profile picture, and it's probably the right one. So. Nice. That's that's how I find you. Singlet. Nick, Love it. my brother, seriously, man, you inspire me to do more, and I'm, I'm pumped up right now to do more uh, with my time. And oh, yeah. I, again, for what it's worth, man, you're, I, I think you're the man. We were just saying when you popped off there because the sauna. I love talking to you. I love having I love you on this, this podcast, guy. man. And, and you know you got two big fans here, big supporters. Uh, from, from me and Daryl, yeah, yeah. and, and you know, uh, no matter where you go or what you do, man, I'm going to be supporting you, and I, and I really, really appreciate you. And I'm pulling for you, man. Um, Hell yeah. Thank you for your time, brother. And uh, we'll definitely we'll do this sooner than uh, we did it this time. Uh, Absolutely. Next time we Sounds have you good. On the pod. All right, my brother. Be well. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Take it easy. Thanks.